Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Very happy to be in the house of God as always. I don't think you guys will ever see a day where I stand up here and say I'm sad to be in the house of God. The fact that we're in the house of God is a matter of joy. How many say amen? Is there anybody here that has the joy of the Lord in their hearts? Can you show it a little bit louder than that? Okay. All right. I want to talk to you today about growing pains. From the minute we come to Christ, process begins, and it's a process of growing. The same way we grow as human beings, the same way we grow intellectually when we start going to school, in the spiritual realm, God calls us to grow. God doesn't want you to stay stuck in the same level that you are today. Tomorrow, you need to be greater than what you are today. The Bible talks about this, and there's a verse that really caught my attention this week, and that's why I'm speaking about this. I think that God had something to teach me. I got the green light from God to be able to teach it to you. So I want you to go quickly to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to talk a little bit about growing. And sometimes we think that it's God's responsibility to make us grow. There's certain things that God does that you can't do on your own. How many agree that we need God to be able to grow spiritually? And we can't do it on our own. But it does take effort from your part. It does take commitment from your part. And sometimes we're waiting for God to do our part. And God always responds when we do our part, when we say, God, I want to grow. I want to know you more. And we're open and we start reading the Bible and we start coming to the forward classes that we've prepared just so that you could grow, just to help you and give you resources to be able to grow in Christ. Then God starts using those resources. He starts revealing his calling. So you could start knowing that God called you for a purpose, that you're not just coming here Sunday after Sunday, sitting down just to receive an encouraging word, but that God wants to do something in you. And then once he does it in you, he wants to get it out to the rest of the world. He wants to use you. He wants to do it through you. So go with me quickly to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11. It's just one verse. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Let's read it again. It's a very short verse and it's only one, so we're going to read it again. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. High five two or three people around you and tell them, put away childish things come on help me preach this to somebody today as we grow we put away childish things you're not the same person that you were five years ago and i hope that you're not the same person that you were 20 years ago for those that are over 20. i don't know if you guys have ever had your parents tell you certain things when you were young i was thinking about this verse that paul writes to the church of the corinthians and i started remembering certain things that my parents would tell me. Maybe some of you guys, I know we have a lot of Hispanic people, Latin origins, and a lot of your parents, raise your hand if your parents were from Hispanic descent, Latin origin, yeah? 
Cubans. Any Cubans here? All right. Argentinans? I'm the only one, I guess. But I represent. Um, Puerto Ricans? Hey, we got quite a few. Surprising. Um, let's see what else we got. Nicaraguans? Wow. Uh, Venezuelan? Colombians? Yeah, okay, we got a few. Well, my parents, for example, especially my dad, he would tell me very often when I was a little kid and I wanted to do something and he would correct me, he'll say, you don't understand it now, but you'll understand it when you get older. Of course, he wouldn't say it in English, but that would be the exact translation. Have any of you had parents that will tell you that? You don't understand it now, but when you get a little bit older, you understand it. That's one of the things that came to mind about growing up. Another thing my dad would love to tell me when I tried to be slick and I tried to get him to say yes to something, he said, look, when you went, I already came back. He would always tell me that. I was a popular one. And, you know, when I was little, I wouldn't get it. I'm like, uh, what do you mean? Basically, what that means now that I'm older, been there, done that, no better. So it's not going to happen. I already know where you're going with this. I'm not going to say yes. Friday night, I was watching game six of the Miami Heat. How many watched game seven today? How about that? What an amazing game. Well, it wasn't as emotional because today was more of a blowout. But game six on Friday night was a very tight game. And my son's vocabulary lately has been just taking off. He's starting to repeat every single thing he says. As a matter of fact, for some time, we were a little worried because Luca wouldn't say a lot. You know, we would try to get him to say some things, and he was just more operational. He loves, he loves hitting the light switch. He likes going to the outlets, and he loves flushing the toilet and doing all these things. He, I always tell Carly that he might be an engineer later on because he's always trying to figure out why things work. And, and he goes, and, and he looks at the light switch. But we were a little bit worried because he wasn't talking a lot. He wasn't saying many words. He had like 50 words a couple of months ago. But lately, he's repeating everything, everything. And I was sitting down watching game six. We were all three of us. Well, just me and Luca because Carly was on her phone. She was there, I guess, physically, but she wasn't there supporting the heat. So we were there sitting down, and I got super excited. I got so excited because it was really emotional at the end of the game, and Wade hit to three, and I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And Carly, she got scared. She jumped. She's like, what happened? What happened? So I don't know about you, but I get really emotional. I, I feel like I'm in the arena, and I, you know, I'm the one taking the three-point shot. And, and then Wade started talking to that fan that was so obnoxious. And, but in, in the middle of all this, it was funny because I started chanting, let's go heat. And my son started saying, let's go heat. And he started imitating me. And I got it on Snapchat. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to get this. Where's my, where's my phone? I got it on Snapchat, and I go, let's go heat. And then Carly started recording him, and he started going, let's go heat. It's funny how, you know, kids, when they're so young, they start repeating a lot of things that the parents say. They start not only repeating the words that they say, but they start copying our actions as well. Just as we learn to speak growing up, it's also important that we learn how to speak God's language. I'm not talking about using church words. I'm not talking about, you know, adding a few glory to God, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But I'm talking about speaking how God speaks. Everybody say kingdom language. And that's a little bit of what I want to talk to you about. I'm talking about speaking things into existence. I'm talking about what the word says when it says, 
calling things that are not as if they were. Because that's what God encourages us to do, and that's how God wants us to speak. And the first thing that it's talking about here in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, which we just finished seeing, and we just finished reading all together, is that when Apostle Paul was a child, he did what as a child? He spoke as a child. Everybody say language. Now that he's older, he says he put all the childish things away. In Christ, you know, taking this to the spiritual, we have to know that once we come to Christ, our way of speaking needs to change. Aside from the fact that, you know, God helps us to be able to say less bad words because the Bible encourages us to be a blessing. And if we have nothing good to say about a situation, the Bible says just don't say anything. The Bible teaches us that we shouldn't curse, that we shouldn't say bad words. But aside from all that, it teaches us that we should say and talk to things the way God talks to things. And use faith when we speak. How many say amen? I know there's a lot of people here that come to JTP Church, but it's so important to come at 5 o'clock an hour before to these forward movement classes because we're going to start getting a little bit more in depth in what it is to be a Christian. Just coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. It's walking the way God wants us to walk. It's what we talked about last week about doing good before God's eyes. So one of the things we talk to you and one of the things we're adamant about because God teaches it in his word is learning how to speak. You know, sometimes we curse our own destiny. Sometimes all we do is we speak wrong and we start saying, man, why did all these bad things happen to me? I don't understand, but I have bad luck. How many of you have ever said that? Raise your hand. It's like bad luck follows me. A lot of us, and we say, no, it's bad luck. We don't realize it. But we start speaking negatively into our situations. And the Bible says, and we're going to see in just a little bit, that we start being affected by the words that come out of our mouth. You see, you and I are information. How we speak, how we carry ourselves, what we believe in comes from three places. It comes from things that we have been taught by teachers. It comes by relationships that we've had from our parents and that they've passed all this information down. And they come from experiences we've had. If the experiences and the relationships that we've had in the past were negative, 99% probable that you're going to be speaking negatively because that's what's been taught. That's what's been instilled in you. You can only speak of the information that you know. If you haven't received information, then you can't speak out of the information because you don't know it. So Luke at 3, for example, we were using Luke as an example about chanting, let's go heat. He can't stand up here and preach a sermon like I do because he's only three years old. He's just a child. Later on, as he grows up, I'm sure he's going to develop and he'll probably preach better than I will. How many say amen? I heard Carly say amen. I was expecting your amen. <laughs> but what you speak now or how you speak today has a lot to do with who you are and what you have received and what information is inside of you. So go with me to the book of Proverbs. Chapter 18, verse 21. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Let's read it all together. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Everybody. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. So your tongue, this small member of your body determines whether you're going to live abundantly or if you're going to experience death in everything you do or if you're going to experience life. How many of you guys want to experience life? 
So what should we do so we can experience life? We should speak correctly. Now, how do we learn how to speak correctly? We're talking today and we're making reference of what Apostle Paul said, that when he was a child, he would speak like a child. But now that he's a grown man, now that revelation has come upon his life, now that he's known Christ and he's grown in him, now he put all those childish things away. You see, we're not kids anymore. Kids are in the Sunday school. They're at JTP Junior. We're all adults here, right? Or teenagers at least. We don't do a lot of things that we used to do when we were a child. But now speaking spiritually, we have to understand that when we come to Christ, we had a way of operating and we had a way of speaking and we had a way of thinking. But now that we come to Christ, everything that we've been taught or everything that was passed on, all the experiences that we lived without Christ, now you start changing them and replacing them with the Word of God. Because the Word of God is true. How many can say that? Say it with me. The Word of God is the absolute truth. Okay, now say it like you mean it. Come on. The Word of God is the absolute truth. So when you're exposed to the truth and you start reading the truth, you start exposing the lies. And you start seeing all the things that you believed maybe from a long time ago because, you know, Abuelita told you that's the way things is. And you just accepted it as a truth. But now the Word of God says no. Maybe you grew up in poverty and you thought that, you know, that was your destiny. That all your life, you know, we're just not people of a lot of money, you know. But God said that he could prosper you. God says that if you put him in first place and if you honor God with your tithes and offerings and if you give God a place in your finances, God's going to come in and he's going to revolutionize your finances in a way that you're going to leave an inheritance to your children and the children of your children. How many say Amen. So here comes this lie that you believe. You're like, well, you know, we've always believed that we were poor and our family was poor and we've never had anybody graduate from college in our family and we've never had anybody make it. But now you come to Christ and God starts changing the way you speak. Maybe you've always believed that in your mind, but now that you come to God, you say, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. He is my father. If I have a need, I could go to my father and he could open the door. So you start learning how to speak. I started taking a look at certain things in the Bible, and I heard somebody say something that stuck to me this weekend. Have you guys noticed that in the Bible, every time you read about a beggar that's begging and asking for money, they're usually sitting either outside of the gate of the city, or they're sitting outside of the door of a temple, but they're always on the outside. Everybody say always on the outside. And it's curious. Today I went through my Bible, and I started searching the word beggars, and I started seeing every single opportunity, and they were either outside the city, outside the gate, they were outside the temple, and the thing is that beggars never go into their opportunity. They're always on the outside. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to spend my whole life on the outside begging. I want to go in. Anybody want to go in with me? So I found it interesting that these beggars in the Bible, they're always on the outside. They never go through the door. Beggars, they didn't have access to opportunities that other people had. When something good happens to us or when something shifts and we get this huge breakthrough, we usually say these words, God opened this door for me. How many say amen, right? How many of you guys have ever used that? God opened this huge door for me, and I was able to get what I needed. God opened this huge door, and I was able to restore my marriage, and I was able to get money to go ahead and pay my tuition, and I was able to do this because God opened the door. But beggars were always on the outside and never could go in the door. 
So where am I going with this? If you go to God, and if your relationship with God and how you talk to God is just like a beggar, and you're constantly begging, oh, God, please give me this, you will always be left on the outside wanting because you're not God's beggar. You have to understand, and, and this is something that's related to what we're talking about because, fine, we were childish when we were young, right? We used to speak like a child, but now that I know Jesus Christ, now that I know his word, now that God's been building me up and I, I know who I am in Jesus Christ, I know who I am. I'm not a beggar. I'm not going to say, oh, God, please, you know, if you have a little chance, please, you know, throw me some crumbs. No, I stand up as a rightful heir that I am, and I say, God, I need this, and God does it. You see, God doesn't respond to begging because you're not a beggar. You're a child of God. Put your hand around two or three people. Come on, help me preach this and say, you're a child of God. And it's incredible how sometimes we look down on ourselves, and sometimes we're like these spiritual beggars, so to speak, we're longing for things and we're holding our hands up and we're going to God saying, God, you know, I know you're very busy and you're very big and you're doing, you know, you're so occupied with world peace and a lot of things going on in the world. But can, can you please, you know, throw me a dime? Can you? And we don't understand that we are sons of the living God. Everybody say, put away childish things. Hmm. In Psalms 37, 25, I'll read it to you really quick or you could just look it up in the screens. The psalmist says this, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. This guy's saying, look, I've been young, but now I'm old. I put away childish things. And in my lifetime, I have never seen a person that loves God and that follows God forsaken. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter what you're going through. You may not feel that God is with you. That doesn't mean that God is not there. You may not hear that God is with you. He might not speak to you at night and say, oh, Melissa, or hey, Carla, I'm here with you. But he is there. And you have to know that by faith. You see, when you stop being a child in the things of the kingdom and you start growing up, you stop living by sight, you start living by emotional connection, and you start living by faith. And you start seeing things that probably other people don't see, but you see it because you know the word and you know what God says. And you say, man, if David lived his whole life and he never saw a just person, a righteous person forsaken, I'm a just person. I'm doing everything I can to walk according to the word of God. I may not be perfect, but God knows that I give 100% of my effort to be everything that God called me to be. I know God's not going to leave me alone. And you stand on that fact and you could be going through hell but you know that God is with you. And then it goes on to say, nor his descendants begging for bread. You know what? One of the things that I would love that would happen in your life after this night is that you will leave this place never again doing one of those begging prayers because you're not a beggar. One of the things that's a sign of maturity in Christ, it's a sign that you're growing in Christ, is that you know who you are. You don't have to go begging to God. You could just stand your ground and say, God, I know who I am in Christ. I need this situation. God, open the doors. I thank you because I know you're going to do it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thanked God for something that you've asked for even before he brought it to you? That's faith. I have a custom that I do when I pray. 
and I love to give God thanks before I receive things. And I think that's a sign of faith. God, I'm going through this situation. If I'm in need financially or if I have a hurt in my body, an illness in my body, God, I pray that you heal this pain that I have in my body and I give you thanks because I trust you. You are my healer. And I know, God, that as a loving father, you're going to take this away because your word says that in the cross, you took away all my iniquities and you also healed all my pains and all my illnesses. So I thank you, God. Man, that starts activating something in your life. That's different than going, oh, God, please, you know, begging God. If, you know, if, if you're not so busy, if, if you have a little bit of time, if, you know, if, if hello, over, I'm over here. I know I'm little, but maybe, you know, you could see me. No, God knows who you are. He knows how many hairs you have in your head. He knows your every move. He knows your every thought. And it's time that you put away childish things and say, God, I go unto you, unto your throne. We're going to read it right now. I go into your throne boldly with confidence because I know who I am. Come on, touch two or three people around you and tell them, I know who I am. Come on, tell them, I'm not just anyone. I'm a son of the living God. I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Once you understand that you're a child of God and you're a co-heir with Christ, you claim what is yours. It's not about asking. You claim what is yours. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.16, what we just finished saying, let us therefore come boldly. Everybody scream boldly. Boldly. It means with confidence. Not scared. God doesn't get offended if you ask him. We spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, right? Come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Anybody going through a time of need right now? Raise your hand. There's no shame in that. We all go through stuff. Yeah? Okay. I think that God brought you here with that same objective. God wants you to start going to his throne boldly. Stand up. Change your way of speaking and start declaring things that are not as if they were. How many say amen? Come on. Put your hands together. We honor him. Okay, the second thing that Apostle Paul mentions to the Corinthians is that when he was a child, he understood as a child. Everybody say understood. understood. And that talks about judgment. I went to the dictionary just to see a little bit what the dictionary says about judgment. And I found it's the ability to make considered decisions. It's not just deciding Without thinking, it's the ability to make a decision after considering options or after thinking and sitting down and saying, well, if I do this, this then this may be happening, and just thinking ahead. Another word that explains judgment is discernment. Everybody say discernment. And the Bible talks about discernment, spiritual discernment, that as we know God more, as we get into God through prayer and through reading the word, God develops discernment so that we could understand things that we can't physically see and we need this as people of God you see when you don't have discernment when you don't have special spiritual discernment you could so easily fall for a trap thinking it's an opportunity when in reality it's not an opportunity and it's just something that's just going to hold you up now that I'm grown he's saying I understand differently how many of you guys understand a lot of things that your parents wouldn't let you do when you were younger and now you understand them Raise your hand, right? Why? Because now you have discernment with respect to that situation. 
Sometimes it takes being a dad or it takes being a mom to understand the mom. Am I right? But it was all for my good when they would tell me, look, don't do that. They were just protecting me. I probably didn't understand it. But now that I'm older, I understand it. Same with God. You see, early in your walk with God, when you just come to church, you give your heart to God. Sometimes we have this false expectation that we think that everything's going to be perfect. We understood the concept that God is the creator of the universe and he's on my side. So we think that nothing's ever going to go wrong. And he himself said in his word that sometimes there's going to be situations in life where our faith is going to be tested, where we're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death, and we're going to go through difficult times in our lives. But as you grow in relationship to God, how do I grow, Pastor? Well, coming to church on Sundays, going and taking the forward movement classes that we've prepared so that you could grow and just develop yourself in Christ, reading your Bible, speaking to God through prayer, you start understanding that he has been with you all along. That he will never forsake you, that he will never abandon you. Romans 8, 15, 17 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. Everybody raise their right hand up. Come on. And I want you to declare this with me. I want you to say, I am a child of God. And therefore, I'm a rightful heir. What does that mean? Well, God is the owner of all the gold and all the silver and everything you see in this world that's beautiful. God created. My dad owns it. What happens when somebody passes away and that person has sons and daughters? All their estate, all the stuff that they have passes on to them. Am I right? That's what's called an inheritance. So the Bible is saying, now God's not going to die. That's not what I'm talking about. He doesn't have to die. Because he's our father, we can enjoy everything he has. We know that God is rich. He's the owner of all the gold and all the silver. The Bible says that the streets in heaven are made out of gold. Can you imagine? I mean, that's crazy. So any situation that we have financially, we can go to God. And we can say, Dad, you know, help me out. I'm going through this situation. I'm serving you. I'm not going to let this shake me. Until you respond, I'm going to continue serving you. I'm not going to lose joy over the situation. But I take my rightful place and I know who you are now because I've been getting to know you and I know you're my father. You're not just somebody that's so far away that doesn't have time for me. You're not an old man with an old gray beard that's just looking to strike those people that behave bad and do stuff that is in disagreement with your word. I know that you're my dad. And the Bible says here in the verse that we just finished reading that we could go to him and say, Abba, Father. That's like a very intimate way of calling your dad. How do you guys call your dad? Dad? Daddy, Papi, for the Latinos, Papito. It's like going to God in a very intimate way saying, Daddy, look, I got the situation. You know, kind of like when Daddy's little princess wants to go to the movies and she starts buttering him up and she sits in her lap and says, Daddy, I love you so much. And she starts weaseling her way so he can give her 20 bucks. Well, not in a manipulative way. But that's how God wants us to go to him and say, Dad, you know, with confidence, knowing who you are in Christ. And this is part of growing up spiritually. You have to know 
who you are because if you spend all your life begging, if you spend all your life with the wrong judgment of who God is, you're going to miss out on so many things that God not only will give you, but that has already prepared for you. The Bible says that every single blessing and every single thing that you will ever need in this life, God has already done it on the cross. He's prepared it. He's gift-wrapped it, and it has your name on it. You just have to claim it through faith and through confidence. How many say amen? So we talked a little bit about speaking God's way, about having judgment and doing away with the judgment of a child because now we're grown in Christ. It's like one of the examples that I wrote down here is Luca goes into my fridge like he's the boss. He comes and he just opens both sides of the fridge and he starts going berries, berries. He loves his berries. And he starts saying what he wants. He opens the pantry and he starts saying papitas. He loves chips. And he starts saying cookies. And he points at things. And and now that he's starting to speak, he starts calling them out. Now, he doesn't come and he doesn't, you know, get all religious with me and say, hey, dad, you know, if you can. No, he goes and walks in there like if he's the boss. When I go into my dad's house and I'm hungry, I don't say, hey, dad, can I have a soda? Hey, dad. Can I, you know, get some cheese and make myself a sandwich? You know what I do? I go, I open the fridge, like give it to my fridge, and I do it. Why? Because he's my dad. And God wants you, as you grow in him, to understand that he is your dad. That's part of growing up. Judgment is about making decisions that you thought about. It's about discernment. So you have to know, you have to have discernment on who is God to you and who you are before God. I have every right to come before him. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. And then he says, I thought as a child. And I want to talk to you about this last topic. Everybody say mentality. Mentality. Mentality is a person's attitude of mind or the way of thinking. My thinking process, how I think things. And the Bible is very clear, and we're going to read it now, that the minute we come to Christ, our mind has to be renewed. And this is not something where you come to church, and we put a hard drive on you, and we take out all the information that you had in the past, and we put you all new information. It's not a one-minute process. It's not even a one-day process. It's a constant renewal of your mind. Keep in mind that when you open your heart to Christ, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and you are made a new creation in Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to abide inside of you. You are now a child of God. How many say amen to that? But you bringing over all these years of stuff that you've stored in your mind, ways of thinking, strongholds. The Bible talks about strongholds that we believe to have been true because people that have told us that it's true and the Word of God says the opposite. So a process begins, and as you grow in God, you know, your mind has to be renewed according to the Word of God. Check out what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 24, and I'm finishing up if somebody wants to give me a hand on the keys. Verse 17 says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of ignorance. 
And ignorance is not a bad thing. When you call somebody ignorant, it could be offensive. But ignorance just means lack of information, right? So these people, it's talking about Gentiles means everybody that doesn't know God. So we were Gentiles before the Holy Spirit came into our lives. We started knowing God. We started reading the Bible. So because they didn't know God, the Bible says that they were living or in walking in the futility of their mind, and they had their understanding darkened. And they were alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. So it's talking about people that have started coming to church and now are growing in Christ and starting to learn what it is to walk in Christ and having their mind renewed. You have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off. Everybody scream, put off. Put off. It's telling us, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on, everybody say put on now, the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, it's interesting. It's talking about, it's like, it's like when you guys get dressed in the morning to go to work, to go to school. It says that we have to, on a daily basis, now this is not something that's done once and forever. This is a daily process. Every morning when I get off, I have to pull off and have to struggle with this. It's not easy, but this flesh wants me to do things that I used to do before that goes against God. But every morning I have to put off the things of the old man and put on the things of the new man, Jesus Christ. And how do I do that? Through the renewing of my mind. Now, how do I renew my mind? Through the word of God through praying to God every single day. The more you have encounters with God, the more you're going to be like Him. The less you spend time with God, the more your flesh or you're going to do things that this world is going to want you to do. So I was thinking about, man, what everyday example can be related to this renewing? Because it's talking about us renewing our minds. The first thing that came to mind is memberships. How many of you guys have gym memberships? Raise your hand that you go to a gym and you pay a membership. Okay, what happens when your membership expires and you try to get in? Are they going to let you in? They don't let you in. What do you have to do when your membership expires? You have to renew it. I started writing it down today as the Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart. You see, when you're going to the gym and you're working out and you have a membership for a specific period of time, you have access for a season, but now that it's expired, you need to renew it. The reason why sometimes we feel like we're in a rut and we're going in circles and never getting anywhere is because we're trying to get in, but with an expired past. We're trying to get in, but it's already expired. And what God is wanting us to do is renew. There's so many things that God has in store for you. And in store means that he already has it prepared for you. He has a package for you, but you need to renew yourself to be able to receive that because with the same understanding that you have now, you're still thinking like a child and God wants to renew your mind because all these things are for you. You are a rightful heir of all the things that God has for your life. How many of you believe it? Sometimes we're trying to access something without renewing, trying to be blessed financially without tithing, trying to live in freedom without forgiving those who offended you, trying to get 
God to bless your marriage without you loving your wife like Christ loved the church. So everybody say, it's a daily process. And God wants us, man, every single morning, before we get up, to renew our minds. I guarantee you that God has incredible things for your life tomorrow. Breakthroughs that he has prepared for you. But if you don't renew your mind, and if you don't start the day off with God and saying, God, not my will, but your will, prepare me for everything that you have in this day, the challenges that will arise up, and open my eyes so I can see opportunities, and when I see them, for me to grasp them and not let them just pass me by. Renew my mind. Renew everything that I do because I want to live a life that pleases you. I don't want to be a Christian that just comes to church on Sunday and I live a common way all the days of my life. I want to see the supernatural in my life. I want every single time I speak to somebody about the power of God, every time I pray for somebody that's in need, for them to get healed because that's something that God promised. But if I don't believe it, if I don't renew my life, you know what? That's expired and I could pray all I want, but if I don't believe it in my heart, it's not going to happen. So God wants us to take a step forward wherever you are in life right now. Whether this is the second time you come to church, the first time you come to church, or whether you've been coming here for 25 years. God wants you to renew your mind because there are certain things that are expired and that you cannot reach because your membership needs to be renewed. And God wants you to push forward, to push forward. Everybody say push forward. Renew my mind. When you allow God to work in you and you grow up spiritually, like Paul was talking here in the verse that we just finished reading, then you start seeing that in God's kingdom, pay attention to this, truth is greater than reality. This is crazy and you have to understand that and this is for people that, that have faith in God. You get to a point where your reality, what you're living right now, is not greater than the truth that God said. The Bible says that the sum of his word is the truth. Even more truthful than what you're seeing with your eyes right now and what you're experiencing in your body right now or what you're seeing with your physical eyes, God's truth is above and beyond that. That's why there's certain people that have put away childish things and when they're going through hell and high water, they could hold their head high and say, God's truth is I'm a blessed person. God's truth is I'm going to find a way. God's going to open a way. So I'm not, I'm just trusting in God. I'm doing everything I should on my part, right? I'm not being lazy, but I'm seeking God. I'm praising him in thanksgiving. I know that God's going to open a way. And you know what? It's not a coincidence that those are the same people that sometimes you see here and they give a God story. And they see him testifying, saying, I had this situation. I had this impossibility. And God just, man, I, he gave me such joy. Every morning I would go to him because I needed him. I, I needed strength every single morning because without him, I couldn't go on. And I went to him morning. I poured out my heart every single day. Supernaturally, I would stand up from that prayer time and I'll feel so strong even though I have all these obstacles against me. And you know what? God came through. Glory be to God. You know what that does to you? It starts increasing your faith. You start walking, and you know what? Maybe one day you'll be able to write and pass on to your children and the children of your children. Same thing that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when he says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. I thought like a child. But now I put away childish things. I'm no longer a child. 
I know who I am in Christ. The enemy can't come and fool me. He's not going to strip my joy. He's not going to steal my peace. I know who I am. I can stand up here and know that God is for me. Even if I'm going through the most difficult of situations, I know that God is my Father. And I can go boldly into His throne and say, God, I trust you. You're going to make a way. I don't care if it's dark. I don't care if the tunnel doesn't have a light at the end of it. God will bust a door through that tunnel and you'll make the light appear if he has to but it's going to happen stand on your feet today if you're believing God tonight and as we close today I want to challenge you I want to challenge you to a couple of things I want to do a calling for anyone that's never given their heart to Jesus or if there's people here that you've walked with God at a certain point of your life and you've just gotten crowed, you've, you know, you've slacked a little bit, you've gotten a little, how can I put it, carried away. A lot of things in life maybe started working against you and you stopped coming to church, you started having a relationship with God and you want to reconcile, you want to make a recommitment with God to say, God, from this day on, I need you. I realized, I tried to do it on my own but I realize that I'm a dependent being. I need you. I need your strength. I need your direction. So today I'm ready to put away childish things. If there's anybody here that wants to let Jesus into their heart or you want to reconcile with God and recommit your life, raise your hand because I want to pray for you today. I see your hand. God bless you. That's awesome. I see your hand back there. God bless you. God bless you. You guys mind coming over here? I'd love to pray for you. Come on down. Come on down. God bless you. It's amazing. Praise God. Come on, can we give it up to God? Bless you. Bless you so much. Awesome. Ladies, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys. Pleasure to have you guys here. What you guys did today is the beginning of putting aside the childish things. The first step is letting God into your heart because He's a gentleman. He's never going to come and force his, his way inside of you. But by coming here, you're giving him access. And you're saying, God, I don't, I don't want to live on the outsides of your blessing. I don't want to be begging for things when, I could, when you did everything that you had to do so that I could be your son. So today what we're doing is we're opening our hearts to God, whether it be for the first time or whether you're coming back. And God's taking you guys in. The amazing thing about God's mercy and grace is that doesn't matter how many mistakes you've done along the way just the mere fact of you coming over here and publicly opening your heart to Jesus the Bible says that the, the grace of God and his blood covers all our sins so this is a fresh new start and now God's going to give you guys strength and if you guys every single day start making God a big part of your day through prayer through reading the Bible you guys are going to start seeing that God is going to start moving things in your life. And in the process, maybe some won't happen from one day to the other. But one thing is for sure, God's going to give you peace from this point until it does happen. And he's going to give you joy from this point until it happens. And you're just going to have that security to know that I'm not just anybody. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. So I could go up to his fridge and open it up and say, God, I need this help you're my dad I have no one to turn to you're the only one that could do this you know 
And I believe you're going to do it. And I thank you because that is my faith. Your relationship with God is going to change from this day on. God's going to give you boldness and confidence to know who you are in Christ. Amen. Everybody, let's, why don't we all say this prayer with them? Let's accompany them. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this night. First day of May of 2016. I'm opening my heart to you. And I pray that you come and do away with all that is inside of me that doesn't please you. And establish your kingdom. And establish your Holy Spirit in my heart. Forgive all my sins and write my name in the book of life. Give me the strength, the courage, the joy to know that you are with me all the days of my life and that you will never forsake me. This is my faith from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Woo! Come on, I think we can do a little bit better than that.